It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, Stadium Special Edition. Yes, we definitely thought there was a need for a podcast all of its own. I'm Rob Murphy. Welcome along. We are in the Huntsman on a windy day in Galway. William Davis, how are you? Hello, Rob. What a week for Connacht Rugby News. Yeah, it's been a busy week. There was a lot happening early last week. Then we went to Belfast and that was a lot of news. And then it was surpassed by uh, yesterday's announcement. Lindley McKenzie, welcome along. Hi, Rob. Lindley is a centrepiece of our podcast this week because she's got a big interview for the Galway Advertiser coming up on coming out on Thursday, same time as this podcast comes out, with Willie Ran. Thanks for sharing a bit of us with us. Uh, we're going to hear from Willie Ran. He is in great spirits. And I'm, I, without a shadow of a doubt, he should be in great spirits because, you know, this is a massive effort that has taken two, two and a half years. And it's, it's, it's not a small undertaking. It's a massive undertaking. And I think the whole of Connacht, once it's done, will be extremely proud to have this new home. I would concur. Alan Deacon, welcome along. Hi, Rob. And Niall Shields with us. How are you, Rob? Niall, you have been thinking about what Connacht Rugby can do with a stadium for quite some time. Like us all, I suppose. Uh, lots of options. I remember eight, ten years ago, there was talk about moving out to Atten Rye to a green field. There was talk about moving out the Cullen Road. There was all sorts of talk down through the years. Terry Lambert, Beer Stadium. It looks like they're going to stay where they are. Thank God for that. Yeah. Thank God for None that. None of those options I listed are, are favourable. <laughs> no, no, they weren't top of my list anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm over the moon with this. I think everybody is. It's fantastic. Um, just well done to everybody in there. Mm. Fantastic week. First thoughts. I guess what we're going to do in this podcast is going to try and give you a good bit of what we know, and that's uh, where Willie Rand will come in, and we have uh, that interview coming up pretty early in the podcast, and then a good bit of what we feel as well. And I think I'd like to start with what we feel. Gut feelings, we've all been following. Willie Rand mentioned when he was talking to you, Lindley, that you know this is something for people who follow Connacht Rugby for a long time to be very proud of and he knows they're going to be very excited by and there's five of us here who've been involved in following with Connacht Rugby both in the work context and just as rugby lovers for a long time and I think individually and I'm going to nod your heads or disagree with you, we're all as excited as you could possibly be by this concept of a new home that's going to really really look good for Connacht Rugby yeah, I was in the sports ground yesterday and when I was doing the interview with Willie Rowan and Nigel Carolyn came up walking up the stairs and it was the first thing he said, you know, you've been here so long, I've been here so long, this is just wonderful. And you could actually feel the excitement within the entire place there and you can you could sense it today in the, in the press conference. I suppose that some people have come into Connacht knowing this is what we have and they've still come in mm-hmm. and there's people who have grown up here always hoping, we love it we love the sports ground, I think Connacht people love it no matter what, but now we are really excited to have moved moved up to a different level altogether. I think Alan you've pushed that over the last few years, just this idea of look, I'm not going to be knocking my own ground because there is something special about it but that's not to say that you or anyone else who said that didn't want to see the kind of improvements that weren't badly needed like that it's our ground and you make what you can of it it's not it's not the facilities that make the ground it's what people make of it mm. Pat Lamb made a big deal of that he said you know the ground on its own didn't look much but when you filled it full of Connacht fans it was fantastic and it is it's brilliant that it's going to have um, better facilities make it easier for older people make it easier for children to see games but it's still our ground 
You trekked up there in 1974 to watch the All Blacks? Yeah, it was ramshackle in 1974. They had to put an apology in the programme uh, saying to people who were sorry about the condition of the ground. Um, it was rough and ready, but it's still a very special place. Mm. It's very open. You've got the dog track around it. The facilities are a bit basic. It's a throwback. There's nothing smooth or corporate about it. Mm. You see the same people standing in the same place, match after match after match. We're certainly aware of that when we're on the terrace, myself and Alan. But there has to be a realisation that it's 2018 and the modern sports fan and to attract in new fans, some of them do need to be offered something better. They need a better package. It's going to be a lot smoother and a lot ni- a lot more kind of accommodating the venue. Will it lose any of its allure when it becomes this much more modern place to watch a rugby game? That'll be up to the fans, though, won't it? Mm. In lots of ways. Like uh, to a person, the um, any journalist that was on about it in the national papers because I read everything I could find. They all said about that. No, but they all said about the the atmosphere. But uh, I suppose that is up to the is up to the fans in lots of ways, and it's it's a lot easier to do that if you're standing up than sitting down. Having it for schools cup final games and 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 cup final, I think. Willie Ryan talks about it, you know, all the under, underage games. You'd be able to play plate finals and club competitions. Never mind the cup final at under 16. You'd be able to bring yeah. in a couple of the smaller clubs that might have good teams winning a plate and they'd be able to play, as he said, it'll be their Aviva Stadium. It's like going to Croke Park in Gaelic. Everyone wants to go to head office to play their games. Yes. And with the, 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 the 4G or the hybrid pitch, whichever one is, is selected, it's going to mean that they can have as many games as possible. We don't have to rely on the weather in the west of Ireland. We talk a bit more about different details like the pitch, how we see from what we've learned so far, the ground being laid out. But this is the centrepiece of our podcast this week. Speaking to Lindy McKenzie, you can read the big interview in the Goy Advertiser today. Pick up a copy wherever you normally do. Log online as well if you're around the province, around the world, and you can't get the Goy Advertiser, you can get it online. But anyways, big thanks to Lindy for this, and a big thanks to Willie Rand for taking the time to chat to us here on Greggy Rugby. has been a, diff- a difficult, as in all these planning kind of things, a difficult processes. You know, just, like, we've been genuinely really rigorous. I mean, like, even, you know, many people would say to us, well, why not the sports crown right from the off anyway? And the reality is that we needed to actually step back. We needed to ask ourselves some of those hard questions. Very easy to get caught up in your own assumptions. So when we step back from it and we said, all right, well, what is it that we really need? And then, you know, what is available throughout the city. And we did genuinely start with an aerial map of Galway City. And we looked at every green plot of ground um, across the city and tried to understand what's that and how would that work. And, you know, we ended up with a long list of sites, maybe nine or ten. We did a, a kind of a SWOT analysis of, of those nine or ten. And then they threw up a shortlist of three. And then we did a fair bit of work on the three. We did proper feasibility study on each of those. And it did come back to the sports ground. Um, uh, you know, there was, um, you know, close contenders, but it did come back to the sports ground. But we're happy we've gone through the process. And um, But within that then, what we did was we undertook a stadium composition study. So we engaged a firm of professionals who, um, who deal in stadium. And we made sure that whatever we were going to develop was uh, not just a generic stadium but that it was fit for purpose and fit for purpose in a west of ireland context mm-hmm. and then obviously that covered everything from what should the capacity be um, and understanding uh, our trends over the last number of years 
what should the mix of terracing to seating be? Uh, you know, again, different people have different views on that, and that's where we went out. We actually got over four thousand responses, and that's that shows you how engaged people were in that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out to the businesses across the provinces and the, the businesses in Galway, both uh, the smaller SMEs to the large scale um, multinationals, and asked them what would their um, hospitality needs be um, if they were to bring, um, you know, their own staff or indeed uh, customers to 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 an event. Uh, and all that fed into an overall picture as to what the stadium should look and feel like and that that then helped inform the design brief and uh, and the dev- design phase that we worked through and then ultimately the images that we were able to share today. So they're all behind those images are full plans um, detailing everything. So, I mean, it's it's all worked through already, but it's just nice to be able to share an image that people can get mm. a, an idea in their head as to what it would look like. You know, those different conversations with regards to sites out on the outer edges. And while they work in certain sports and in certain locations in the UK in particular, the infrastructure isn't here uh, just yet. And again, it's a different experience. Um, when people come to the sports ground, they like the idea that they're able to soak up the Galway atmosphere as part of that overall experience. You know, it's, it's, it's brilliant. But then the proximity to the bus station, the yeah. proximity to the train station, and the fact that if I'm coming from Mayo or Sligo or Leitrim, I can get into this side of the city much easier than I can in other areas of the city. That's really, really important. Uh, and, and we did genuinely look at the outer town because it was important. You know, if people ask that question around what would that look like and how would that have worked? Um, and as part of the overall um, uh, surveying that we did, we you know we asked a number of questions. So, um, but yeah, the city centre was was very obviously something that came came through strongly early in the process. So in that regard, the sticking point, or the main issue, obviously, was the Greyhound, presumably. Uh, that, that, that was one, but also in terms of um, if we redevelop the, sp- the sports ground, how do you make sure that you can retain it as your overall base as well? Could you end up being dislocated or you know displaced, should I say, whereby you'd have to go and have a base somewhere else? And one of the things that we're really really conscious of here it works very well for us is that we're all on the one site we all operate in the one building and that connection between the pro staff the academy staff our grassroots staff our commercial team that sense that we're all one big team that really is a part of who we are and it's not in a number of other organizations and we've had different coaching and professional staff who have come and gone over the years and they do point to the fact that that's a real strong point for us so we didn't want to lose that and uh, you know figuring out how we would do that and you know we've we've obviously when you're building a development of this scale you're taking up ground so for example we lose the training pitch and then we needed to figure out well then how would that work in terms of us training and we will have a synthetic surface um, on the main pitch um, whether that's a hybrid whether it's 4G we'll explore all those different opportunities uh, different possibilities but then in terms of the high performance center we are looking at a half pitch indoor synthetic surface um, similar to the one that's in Scarlet's actually we went and visited as part of, I mean, we visited a lot of stadiums um, and it was interesting in each one of them, they all would have something that they would change and you're finding out the reasons why and you're trying to learn from those and uh, and people were incredibly open and sharing with the with their, their I suppose, the knowledge that they had acquired. Um, but that one in particular, the Scarlet's indoor um, half pitch, 
um, was a really impressive facility and particularly in the context of the west of ireland the quality of the work and the volume of the work that you could get through not just for our pro team but for our age grade squads for our women's teams mm. it's um it opens up a whole new world for us in that regard so you lose the olbc pitch all right yeah so that pitch we do lose indeed yeah right so what What's the compromise for OLBC? Uh, There isn't any real change from their their perspective, to be honest. As long as we have the pitch out here and we're able to deal with a greater volume of traffic on it. So they can use this. Yeah, there should be no reason. Um, uh, And again, even the pitch out here. So, for example, you know, and you'll be well aware of this, Lily, but we have every cup final from under-13s all the way through to senior cup final that take place here. We want our grassroots game to feel like this is their Aviva Stadium. And that's boys and girls all the way through. So come April time, when those cup finals are kicking off, we have situations where we'll have a pro uh, 14 game on a Saturday, and we might have a triple header the next day. If that coincides with a pretty nasty piece of weather, we're really under pressure to be able to maintain that pitch out there. Having a much improved playing surface isn't just about it performing and looking great. It's actually about kind of give us the the volume of activity that we require as yes, well. That's key to the development. Oh, it is absolutely, yeah. absolutely yeah. key yeah. to it. Okay. And there were things that we just had to work through. And then they all ultimately fed into the mix in terms of working out how we could um, make the sports ground work. And cost as well, of course. Yeah, of course it does, yeah. Is the car park still part of the corporation? Does it? Uh, oh, the car park will still remain the same. It'll be slightly reconfigured, right? But the um, the the volume of car park and spaces that'll all remain the same. Yeah, right. there, there isn't okay. a change to that. Okay, and then you knock the gym and you build. The gym will stay. Gym this space. building we're in here, the 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 offices, this will be knocked. Oh. The clan stand will be knocked. Actually, the only thing that'll stay will be the gym. Oh, okay. And the gym then will be incorporated into the high performance center. Okay. So okay. the 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 half indoor pitch will sit alongside it and link up. And then the new player um, facilities underneath, again, will link up to the two of those with overhead the coach's office. So and all the, the dressing rooms offices. presumably will move All wrapped around, yeah. So, okay, okay. Um, so everything will be incorporated there, yeah. When it came down to the size, yeah. what was, how did you, I mean, everyone turns around and they look at, say, Thurman Park and they say, gosh, isn't it, it's a little bit too big for, for ordinary match days kind of thing. They yeah. don't get the crowds. What came, What decided the number? Again, um, when we engaged the, the consultants, um, we actually went through a process trying to work out those numbers. And uh, and that's what actually the, 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 the report had fed back to us. To be honest, it's it's probably where we felt was about right in any event. Um, you always want that, um, I suppose, that tension between supply and demand. Um, and uh, that's something you definitely don't want it too big and you don't want it so small that you're regretting the scale immediately. Um, but on those big days when people really want to be at your game, then you know you need that tension between supply and demand and i think that's that size will i mean you know the reality is we regularly sell out um for the big games you know the 8000 that we can scale up to here and uh, that leaves people outside the ground and that's with um you know modest enough facilities mm. there isn't the capacity to really host hospitality in the nature that we want to um, there isn't and we and we put on some good hospitality but people love the idea that they're sitting there pitch side looking out onto the pitch having their dinner mm. or having their whatever hospitality offering that they're looking for um so you know with the, the the facilities that we have we sell out those big games we think that there's a you know there's a there's a fair bit more demand out there and it actually we we you know we have a pretty hardcore group of supporters mm. the people who you know the casual fans i'm going to call them that who you're competing for their leisure spent that they just want something to do on a Friday night or on a Saturday evening, the quality of the experience is what they want. 
can I go and can I be dry and can I get a beer and can I get to the toilet and can you know if I want to have a plate of food can I have a plate of food there's a significant group of those people um, both corporate and um, just personal individuals who want to go along to matches and this facility will definitely be able to cater for those so this stand is going to have how many people about six and a half thousand six and a half and the Greyhound, is that, how is that going, is it building or going to change? Yeah. So, is it going to change? Yeah, so the roof line will extend on either side, um, okay. which will provide cover all the way along the pitch. And then in addition to that, the terracing at the front of it will actually be raised so that it's raised to a pitch level. Okay. So that you won't be down in the in uh, in below ground, uh, right. below pitch level, should I say. Um, there'll be extra new toilet provision. There'll be new food and beverage offerings. Um, so yeah, it'll be um, it'll be a significant step up in terms of what's there at the moment. Okay, but it won't affect the Greyhounds offices or anything. No, like that's that, that central that core stays. block will retain it, remain oh, as okay. is. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and also the terracing. Is that yeah, going, so does that get extra cover? Uh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah. it runs the full pitch. Okay. Um, in terms of the length of the covering, yeah. Okay. The length, of, the okay. length of the the shelter. So it isn't that the capacity on that side is increasing significantly. Okay. It's more about the experiences. Okay. People are going to be dry. They're going to have, say, access to proper toilets, food and beverage, and they're going to be able to have a really good viewing position for watching a match. Mm. Yeah. So tell us how that worked with the Greyhound people. How did you go about that? And what did you put to them? And We sat down and just had a conversation with them and uh, uh, I suppose shared our vision for what we felt the sports round could be, how that could work for both parties. Um, listen to some of their um, views and concerns on different aspects and then we were able to agree uh, you know pretty quickly once we really got down to the nuts and bolts of it agree a shared vision for the ground um, they, they're they very keen that you know where we remain here um, and obviously they're very keen that they remain here they came to the table positively which was which okay. was great in the same way that we did like you never wanted to, I mean like, I, I, everyone would pre- presumed and I'm asking this question that basically Connacht Rugby really wanted to get rid of Oh no, no. Gen- genuinely, that that isn't an issue for us. And actually, I, I've heard that once or twice mm. that uh, that the you know the track is an issue. The reality is the track isn't an issue at all. I mean, when when the sports ground is hopping, no one even knows the track is there. If you're standing in the clan stand or in the main stand, and the the ground is hopping. You never feel that far removed from the pitch. I mean, if you take some of the pitches in New Zealand or Australia where they're playing in cricket pavilions and you're well back from the pitch, um, that never feels like that here. Um, it's really simply a case of that, you know, we put on um, a number of events, they put on a number of events, and how do you work to coordinate that, um, particularly if you're going to look at a redevelopment? Mm. Do they contribute anything towards this development at all? Uh, we're, we're not building it in and as part of the overall model so um, no I mean this is this is a, a development that's been primarily driven by us mm. um, obviously because it's something that we really really require yeah. so the bulk of the bulk, the bulk of Connacht Rugby will now be in this new stand yeah now when it comes to money where's the money coming from yeah well look it's it's um, it's going to be a combination of public and private funding mm. um, and uh, you know I've said it already today that's absolutely no different than Parky Cueve Thoma Park Crow Park Aviva Stadium, even indeed Kingsman Stadium, albeit in a Northern Ireland context, mm. they all required significant state support if those projects were going to be realised. Mm. So we'll be no different. We'll be looking for that significant state support. We've already engaged as part of that process. We've engaged um, 
with the department um, up to ministerial level. We've engaged with all of the regional politicians, and I mean, you know, all of them. Um, and there has, you know, they've engaged in it genuinely in a very supportive way. They understand the significance of the project. Um, so there's a large scale sports infrastructure fund which is just about to open. Um, it'll be announced, we hope, in the next few weeks. Um, and the reality is that up to now, and you know, for the last 10 years, there has been no money available for this type of development. Mm. It didn't matter whether we were going to be ready five years ago, there was no money. That money is now being made available, okay. and we'll be making our application um, over the next number of months. It'll open, and hopefully in the next few weeks. I'm not sure what the window for how long it'll be opened, but we'll be ready to go. We'll make our submission as part of that application, and... Um, and we think we have a very compelling proposition, genuinely do, and I think we'd be very worthy of support. So what's the percentage public-private? That part we're, we don't know yet because it hasn't been shared. So you, you mean, does it come down to how much you get from? from? It, it, it does, and then the reality is that the actual parameters around the application process or the funding process, we don't know yet because it hasn't been issued. Right. So in such time as that is issued and made public, we're not really in a position mm. to speculate mm. on it, so mm. um, hopefully we'll know more about that in the next couple of weeks. So presumably the private funding, there's a range of options, presumably exactly. the private funding. Name state, so the stadium, for example, I presume that's one thing that you'd be looking at. Uh, we would, we would indeed, mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And do you have any ideas of where you would go uh, or what you would like? Uh, look, I mean, I, uh, we're open to conversations and we know that there'd be a, a few interested parties. Mm. Um, and we'd have to sit down and figure out what that would, um, what would be the best option for us. I presume Which, uh, when would, you look it, at it, would, like, it like I mean, King's Fan Stadium wouldn't suit wouldn't suit Galway City and Connacht. Um, look, you know, but would you take it if the money came with the money? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't have any issue at all with King's Fan, to be honest. No, I mean um, it's something that's more west of Ireland kind of. Oh, you'd love to have that connection yeah. without a doubt. I mean, you know, you can see that in terms of some of the the commercial. Um, partnerships that we have we have a west of ireland field but it isn't exclusively west of ireland and um and neither should it be either um you know there's there's a a connection across the whole island of ireland with regards to what connect is about and that's something that's really positive so um as well, as long as we felt that it was a, a good fit for connect then we'd be open to having that conversation. And does the IRFU contribute towards this development as in the main body of the IRFU? Yeah, not in a pure cash sense. The IRFU obviously fund us to a significant extent. I suppose that's a huge enabler for us to be able to go off and do what we're able to do and to be able to then make a project like this happen. What were the main, when this whole process, which is about two and a a half years, what were the main sticking points if there were any? Government funding was one of them. Um, So that being a very real um, option and uh, was obviously very significant because you can be talking all you want, but if the funding isn't available, then it isn't going to happen. So that was a a significant factor as we were working through things. But it was really just making sure that we, you know, we got it as right as we could. And um, so we visited, um, for example, we visited the UK, we visited a number of rugby league grounds. We visited uh, St. Helens, um, Warrington, Widnes. We visited uh, in rugby union, Worcester, Gloucester, um, Scarlets, Bristol. Um, we visited uh, Kingspan, Thoman Park, Windsor Stadium, um, Aviva. Like we've, we've been on the road a lot and all of that making sure that you're trying to cover off all your bases in terms of what are the learnings we could take from each of those. And tell us, can you tell me who we are? 
Oh yeah, look. Uh, so when we um, when we uh, launched our vision and strategy, and one of the three big moves contained within it was facilities to match our ambition. So arising out of that, we um, set up a strategic facilities working group, and that's chaired by Mick Turley, who's the our operations chair. He sits on the board, and then sitting on that uh, uh, working group are a number of. Um, executive staff here, um, commercial operations and the like, and indeed a number of other volunteers. Um, but Carl Boyle here has been a significant driver. He's our head of operations. He has been just a Trojan amount of work that he has worked through. Um, he's just, um, he's been incredible. Um, he really, really has. And uh, but, but just a collective effort um, from everyone, whether it's working through your financial modeling, whether it's working through your what would this like? What would uh, what would this look like? What would how would that work? Um, uh, you know, from a performance perspective, when you're looking at a high performance center, how should that look and feel? How would that operate? How would it flow from a changing room through to the gym? You know, um, Dave Howard and the team, everyone has had an input into that to make sure that you know you're building it based on what the actual needs on the ground would be. You've gone all around those stadiums. When it came down to what you actually did want here. What was it? What was the main driving factor? What did you need here for Connet, given it was Connet? When we did the survey, the, a very significant majority just wanted to watch the, the, the match from the sides. The ends wasn't something that was really um, motivating people to, to come and watch a match. So that builds into the, the your, your design and feel. Now, look, we do have restrictions around the either ends anyway because you can't build a stand there. Obviously, you want to be able to watch your dog racing going, um, the, the dogs running around the track. That's a key key factor. Um, but either sides. And then trying to find the mix between terrace and seating um, because we do have a very just a really good feel in the ground. And it's all terracing. And you can you can go so far as that you you, you lose that feeling. So, for example, there's a number of stands that we looked at that would be similar to what we were developing here, but they would have all been seating. And then, you know, we we were conscious that we wanted that mix of terracing and seating. Um, And then again, in terms of the the hospitality uh, features, in terms of what can it do match day, but also what options could it give you a non-match day? The reality is that, you know, we'll have considerably more days non-match day than we will match day. And how do you make sure that the development is a sustainable development and I suppose, sustains Connacht in a broader sense as well into the future. So all of those factors came into play. So when you look at the size of the building, is it about three storeys then? Yeah, yeah, it is indeed, yeah. And the, how much clan stand is still, still remains in terms of capacity? Um, so the terrace will be around the same as the clan okay. stand. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, uh, maybe just 100 or 200 less. We'll have about 4,000 seats in the main bank of seating. Okay. And then above that, then there'll be a top tier, which is going to be around eight to 900 of premium seating with okay. all of the hospitality uh, behind it to cater for a similar number. Okay. Yeah, so the actual front wall will be the curve on the track, which we hope to, to, um, okay. to I suppose, to introduce some local stone to it, make this feel like a West of Ireland facility okay. as well. Okay. Um, so I think the whole look and feel from the street perspective will be completely enhanced. Um, a timeline. We're waiting, obviously, to get word of the, the application, um, when it's going to open up, and then what the window for applications will be, and then ultimately when a decision would be provided. Um, we hope to have our planning application in in the next uh, number of weeks. Um, we'll be opening up a process with all the local residents, the local community, where they can come in, 
Um, we have all the plans up on the wall. They can look at all of the stuff in detail, ask questions of um, all of the relevant people here, um, give any um, feedback that they might have on it, and then, as I say, work through so that we can get our planning in in the next number of weeks. And then, pending the outcome of the planning and pending the outcome of the application, I mean, the reality is we wouldn't look to be hanging about. Yeah. How is it going to affect... Yeah, so we, 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 we'll still play here mm. all the way through. It'll affect the capacity to a certain extent okay. um, in terms of phasing. So, for example, if we knock this side, mm. everything will be on the, the, the far side and the ends. Um, so there will be, uh, obviously, a restricted capacity during that period. Okay. But it's important that we, st- we still want to play here. We still want to train here. So, so the Greyhound is done stand. first? No, the Greyhound side will be the last piece. Oh, it's the yeah, last yeah, piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so there would be certain restrictions, a lot of restrictions then. In, in terms of capacity... Yes. Um, uh, there, there will be, yeah. but again, it all depends on just how much we're able to scale up on on different days when we require additional capacity. So we'll still be a greyhound track, though. Neil Francis can still write write about the greyhound track and the cemetery out the back, <laughs> but <laughs> but my Neil Francis genuinely isn't my concern. <laughs> but we'll have a nice, better stadium. <laughs> we will have a really, yeah. really impressive facility that we can all be incredibly proud of. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. Okay, bigger picture, William. There's a lot of hurdles to jump through, but like the biggest hurdle, I think, has been jumped. Is that fair to say the first step is to get the plans down and say, right, let's press go? Well, you have to get there first. Mm. You have to have a project that you can go and show to somebody. Uh, there was probably a, uh, the major holdback on this would have been there was nowhere to actually go and look for serious money. The government didn't have any money but they now have this infrastructure uh, capital programme in place. So there's now a place to bring a plan to, to look for a significant part of your costing to be covered. And I think they should get that. I think they will get it. Uh, Galway deserves it. We have to fight very hard out here for infrastructure programmes in the West. I think this is not only for Connacht Rugby, I think it's a major opportunity for the city to have a, a purpose-built facility that can be used for potentially different sports. Could be used. I can see it being used for concerts. I can see it being used for all sorts of things. And that's its location is absolutely brilliant. It's in the city centre. That's why, to me, they had to stay there. And I think that will only add to the attractiveness of it. Now, I'll go to you on this, because um, William talks about the city, and there's a lot of Galway City politics involved in any project like this, and Galway City uh, has its, its, its uh, economy all in, all in of itself. But I think William Rand is right in saying that it'll be a centre for the whole province. And I know there are people geographically a good bit away from Galway, but I think people are comfortable with with the home and where it is. I, I speak from a Mayo perspective. I, I don't ever hear a problem with Connacht being based in Galway City. I think it's, it's where they like to go to see games. I think it's the perfect location isn't it? Well, in fairness, it is. Yeah. I mean, you, you can get you can get to Galway from anywhere in the country. Yeah. I, I know it takes a long time. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm aware of, you know, of the distances some people have to travel and all that. But it's a major, you know, it's a transport hub. 
it's the biggest city in the province. Um, it's where a lot of Connacht people go to college, universities, yeah. and, and, and go for different events and stuff like that. And on top of that, I, I just really think it's going to benefit rugby people all over this province and, and beyond even. Yeah, well, it's a great town to go for a night out. And yeah. this will only just add to your... She's a, a weekend down in Galway go to you know, a good kind of match European game whatever a big uh, provincial game it's the place that everybody wants to travel to and this this is just this is just to add to the uh, to the experience of it so yeah, I, think, I really don't know what to say I just think it's great yeah 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 well and, and if you look at Dublin is the centre of where Leinster is played and Cork yeah, and Limerick are there. That's from, a difficulty. That, that's a difficulty yeah, over difficult there, but they still have. They still have. You know, it's it's in the cities. It's in the bigger metropolitan areas. And the same with Belfast. And you know, they've quite a distance to get from Western Ulster to Belfast is quite a, a struggle as well. So it's just the way it is. Yeah, people stream in from Longford and and uh, Offaly to watch Leinster games. There's no bother to them. Yeah, I think that was one of the key factors for wanting to stay in the in the Galway Sports Ground because, as Willie said, they did evaluate three areas, including including a sports ground. And one of the factors came down to really is that the the transportation links it's so handy for people coming into Galway either by bus or by train. And also, particularly when you look at the province of Connaught, most of the province of Connaught is north. So it's much easier if you're coming from Mayo or Leitrim or Roscommon to come into this side of the city mm. as opposed to if they had taken, say, a plot of land out in Barn or somewhere like well, that. Well, Pierce Stadium, GA fans all over Connacht understand how troublesome Pierce Stadium is to get to. Now, we, we, Willie Ryan was quite uh, clear he has no, uh, he's given no details on what they looked at in the city, and mm. rightly so. No. But it, it, we can speculate that Pierce Stadium may well have been in their, in their mindset. And, that, and at the very least, what we can say is Pierce Stadium is a very big sporting hub in the city and it's not really well located, unfortunately. Well, I think it's right in the middle of a, of a, of a housing, yeah. basically, it's development. And, yeah, and it's it's not particularly suitable for either the, the residents or for car parking there, mm-hmm. um, having to go through Salt Hill and those narrow streets. Whereas most people here could park anywhere in Galway City and walk to the sports ground. Mm. What do you think of the look of the stadium, William? It's open at both ends. I just want to put that out there because we're not afraid to touch some of the negatives. And that is the first thing I look at is like, we're not going to close it in. I kind of knew that was likely with the Greyhound staying in place. Yeah, that's not, it's not feasible. With, and and that's, that's just the way it is. I think the bulk of the fans on most occasions are going to be accommodated in the two side stands. Mm. And I think the look will be very modular, very modern. Um, they tend to look a little bit as if they're made out of Meccano, these new stadiums, but they're fine. They're not, there's no fripperies in them. We've seen them in France. Mm. Uh, the one at uh, Ravenhill in Belfast is very much the modern put together, big concourses, lifts mm. to move people around if necessary. Uh, not unnecessary uh, amount of building and blocks if you like you know a simple enough structure where it needs to be simple very simple and it, it's functional is the word I would the have word. and that's what they're looking for and that's what it seems to have a uh, three story stand on the clan side uh, I'm excited about the what looks like bars out the back uh, and uh, w- Willie was explaining to Lindley a little bit about that as well in the wider interview you know the corporate area will have their own little bars and stuff and, and they'll be you know uh, dressing rooms as well so it's going to be what I like about it is the stand is going to be for the match day experience and the, you know the offices and all that kind of stuff will be in the high performance 
Yeah, they'll be they'll be away from that. They, the 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 whole the whole package will be ergonomically designed. You mean have your dressing rooms will probably roll into your health and strength and conditioning areas. Uh, whatever facilities they put in there will be player based mm. and they'll be very modern they'll have a, a half indoor pitch they went and looked at one of the Scarlets I've seen the one at Ospreys yeah. uh, it's an amazing facility they'll probably have cameras in the roof you can isolate players individual players to record in training you can train in any conditions you can run so you mean there could be a howling gale going on so it's going to be ultra modern in that and I think it's important as well you will have your your food outlets, your your bar outlets, and they'll be they'll be big areas around. There won't be the crush that you see now. There won't be queues. There will be queues, but, but there's they'll, lots they'll, of they'll be they'll be managed. Yeah, and the space the space outside the ground. Sorry to jump in, but they're they're going to rebuild that. And those queues and everything will be indoors. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean in stuff. terms of when you're in the stadium too for bars and stuff yes, like understood exactly. what I was talking about is outside the ground before kickoff when you're queuing for, to get your tickets or when you're waiting for people who might be bringing tickets by opening getting rid of the railings and kind of bringing it back to the walls and as he said to you Lindley they want to kind of they want to maybe do, redesign how that wall around the edge of the track is going to work and it's going to be a nice feature architecturally it'll, it'll really look different as you drive up College Road yeah I, I, I think part of the, the the, the the plan is to emphasise that we are the west of Ireland and we are Connacht and we are different and we are special. And I think the reasoning behind it is to have a nice stone wall that is very west of Ireland, which will be a feature for people and a beautifully curved wall by the look of it. Um, and there's, there's more than one, and um, which really identifies this stadium as West of Ireland Stadium. Yeah, and it's an interesting plot of land. It's, it's kind of the curved wall that you see at the sports ground is because the track is kind of raised up from the ground uh, and obviously the pitches as well. So you have to work that into the design. High performance unit as well, Niall. You know, obviously the gym's already there, so it looks like they're going to extend that a little bit and they're going to add these offices as well. It really is going to be the hub for rugby in the West of Ireland, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I know we sound like we're like we genuinely like we're not working for Connacht Rugby here, but we sound like we're banging the drum for it because it really is something that's just it's hard to see a negative with it. Well, that's it. I'm sure you know people have you know certain things that they may or may not like, but in general terms, Jesus, this is what this is what we're looking for: complete high performance unit for uh, you know a high performance, high performing province that we can. You know, to look after all the age-grade squads, uh, you know, uh, male and female, just everything else. I think it's just a, it's a, it looks a, it's a fantastic look, and I think it's it's going to be it's going to help propel the province up to the levels we should be at. You know, I think the other thing that's kind of important to add here is that this is a very good example of 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 two sporting bodies cooperating because if you look at you know the greyhound people are in situ they have been here for a long time they do have a lease and it could have got awfully difficult and awfully messy but there seems to be have been some very you know intelligent and understanding people who are working on this project and the fact is that the the greyhound stadium as it's known is is going to still remain in situ but it's also going to expand the stand right across the length of the pitch on that Greyhound Stadium side. So the, the, I, I like the idea, you know, I, I did ask um, Willie Ruan about the, the fact that it was still going to be a Greyhound Stadium yeah. and the Greyhounds track is still going to remain. And, you know, the more I thought about it when he gave his answer, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, yes, it is what actually makes this stadium quite special 
and I, as he said himself, he doesn't think that people really notice too much the greyhound track around the outside anymore. It's funny you say that. I just I thought of it as a, a Leinster fan was married to a very good friend of mine, and uh, he wanted to come down for the Toulouse game, uh, the first game years ago, and I said, listen, fella, there's no chance of you getting a ticket for this. And he said, all I want to do is just be there and see the look on Guinovay's face when he has to walk across the dog track. I'll go then. <laughs> like, too many people make too much about the dog track. You know, Wembley had a dog track for crying, crying I don't know how many years. Cardiff Arms Park had a dog track up until 1978. You know, it's, it's too much is made of it. It's just, you know... and I think something should be made of, but... but because it is really unusual I know what you're saying about the history but it's not in any way um, it doesn't take away from the viewing experience I I think the Greyhound stand as it stands right now does take away from the viewing experience because you're too low down Mm. on the lower steps right so you're nearly there's people who watch a game and it's it's probably one of the only places in the world you watch a rugby game where your head is at the level of the feet of the players that's going to change in the new design they're going to sweep it down to the level of the pitch Mm -hmm. so your your terraces are going to be just basically the width of a dog track away from the pitch yeah exactly which is the same on both sides then which and is going it, to be great yeah because the, like that main stand is not disappearing it's just going to be extended and the terrace is going to be fixed yeah. um, which is great news I think it's great news for, for Connacht fans I'm not sure if the bookies are too happy with that because the bookies are, one of the reasons it was down that low is that the bookies wanted to be able to run their little things for the dogs down there they'll get over it I'm yeah, sure I've known that but William that, that factor of how far you are away from the pitch because of a dog track it's nothing like an athletics track you're actually yeah. in, in comparison to other stadiums around the world you're actually not that far from the pitch well try going watching West Ham if you want to be a long way from the pitch you need to bring your binoculars to you see you should have given Leighton Orient that stadium that's what I always said well you should bring your binoculars to watch the Sabutio men you are still very close to the action at the sports ground, so, yeah. and that's what adds to it uh, and it's old fashioned in that regard because actually even at the RDS where we commentate from we're quite a long way away in the back of that stand yes. no we're still very close yeah. but there, every stadium has a different feel the feel there is you feel in the sports game, you can reach out and touch the players. You can look into the whites of their eyes if they're doing a line-out in front of you. Yes. You can make a lot of noise to put a line-out thrower off. And I think the amount of noise that is generated, there, when you're in the middle of it, you don't realise it. But when yes. you're from an outsider, or you, or you watch the game back on TV, you realise this is a noisy place. It's vibrant. It doesn't have that sort of... Feel now. There's going to be a lot more seats in this, and seats do bring a different. Four thousand is an awful lot of seats. It's going to be a huge stand. Yeah, it's a lot of seats, and it's that is a lot of seats, and that's going to be an interesting challenge to sell them for certain games. For certain games, it won't be a problem. Um, I prefer to stand to watch a rugby match. Uh, you can because the clan terrace is not, is not going to be affected too much in terms of numerically. It's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to be about the same, and there's going to be a huge standing area over on the other side, and it's going to be a better standing area because it's going to be on the same level as the pitch watching a game from the bottom steps there is weird because you're looking up to watch a rugby match OK so we'll get to the critical analysis how do you get that I love the size 12,000 that's, ambi- that's the right ambition but how do you get the how do you get the crowds in Niall because they're going to have to get up around 8, 8,500 9,000 I have a feeling that a stand like this will just naturally lead to more growth and more footfall through the grounds do you think so? Absolutely, absolutely. The rumours are that they could um, sell out the clan stand uh, two or three times over. Yeah. Well, if you look at the fact that over 4,000 people replied, they sent out 
Uh, yeah, they email. were picking that up, and yeah. someone was saying that doesn't sound like a lot. But uh, if you know how surveys work, that's phenomenal. It that's is. a lot of engagement. It, well, if, look at eight thousand people can only fit in the place, and you're talking about maybe getting if you're really good, you get ten or twelve. To get nearly half that many people actually interacting is is incredible. And you also have to remember that there's a lot of maybe clan supporters who would become clan supporters if they could actually sit in seats. Yes. Not everybody wants to stand. Yes, and yes. I think that's important. And I think. I would. We we it will be important though, William, that they get the nine thousand, eight thousand, nine thousand in regularly. Because if you don't, that's that's the first stumbling block, isn't it? Yeah, they they need that. I mean, I, I'm assuming that the ends are going to be used with temporary stands for big games. There's going to be certain designated... There'll probably be... There's three categories of game. There'll probably be a Category A game would be Interpros, and if you're in the Heineken Cup, maybe one of the big teams. Uh, your category B would be your Generals, and then they're going to have to push a ground like this for the smaller sides, uh, maybe one of the South African teams, maybe Zebra. That's an opportunity to go out, maybe cut the price of your seats get you want to get people in and say look what we have here yes this is what this is what it's all about come along and enjoy it at a price and they you'll get a certain number of those who will say this is fantastic when i'll be back they have to actually create new attending fans they have to go and find them and they have to bring them in the the people that already go are one category but there is a uh, there are casual fans out there who might go to a game and watch a lot of games on tv but if you can offer them something different and they might have the disposable income and they'll say yeah i'll pay that i i I, but i I need the other bits around it to make my night or afternoon out complete anyone worried about the fact that if there's less times where you have people behind both goals it'll take away from the atmosphere a little bit because it closes it in as it stands right now and it's a very different ground when you close it in i much prefer that i think if you have eight and a half nine thousand and they're on both sides i think it'll take away from it if there's no one behind the goal doesn't seem to have that big a difference in, in Thorman Park. They close off either end for well, nearly It does, because Thorman Park is a poor atmosphere and it's too big. Not necessarily. Not when you're there. Not when you're in it. When you're actually know. down there, when you're actually in the ground. I don't know. It probably You've experienced it quite a well. bit from a conic perspective when it's only like 12,000 and it just doesn't I don't appreciate well. what you're saying because when you do take that wall away, that road wall, yeah. despite the fact that aesthetically it looks much better, it does, it does mean, it mean it's much more open. Yeah. And so... I, I appreciate where you're coming from in that regard, but I wonder. I wonder. Presumably, people can still stand around there if they want to. I think acoustically too, it's very important to get it right. We don't see where the media are going to be. There's no sign of where the media are going to be, and and in that at the moment, the reason it's it's you know the clan stand has become famous is because the most of the media sit almost in the crowd. Yeah. They're sitting slightly above it and the noise reverberates and they're sitting right close to the roof so the noise is hitting the roof and smacking back into the media and so it becomes really, really loud for the media. Yeah. That's going to disappear. The other person who has to stand in the middle of the clan terrace is Joe Schmidt when he's watching and I would love to know what he thinks of that because he stands in the box with his notepad and the noise must be absolutely deafening. I uh, want to keep that, William. Oh, absolutely, you want to keep that. No, you're going to have the same number of standing people. People in seats, it's harder to make noise, but if they want to make noise, you can make... All you've got to do is tell them, listen, you're sitting, make as much noise as you can sitting. It's it's no different. Having people standing in front of the seats, now will will exactly deal with what William's saying. It'll it'll kind of bring them into the atmosphere and make sure that the people in the seats are also adding to the noise. That's true. Gloucester. Gloucester's great. Example, well, yeah. yeah, Gloucester. Yeah, but, but, the shed. The, the Kings. The Kingspan and Thoman both have that. that. It really adds to it. Then yeah. the atmosphere goes Absolutely. right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah. The the atmosphere. Uh, 
as always, it'll be driven by the, the clan towers here okay. in the sports world. And okay. I think that's that's the way it'll be. I'm not I'm not that worried about that because in the Pro 14, whether we like it or not at the minute, um, I don't think there's any ground that you can say is you know it's you know filled at either end and filled on both sides of the pitch. You know, very rarely like it, that that happens. So yeah, even, even like Leinster are the Pro 14 champions; they're the European champions, and the place is three quarters full at best most times. Yeah, and yeah. there's two and a half million people living in Leinster. So. Which is, and then you look at the capacity, Lindley, and all of you can come in this. They really seem to have measured this right, don't they? They're going for a twelve thousand target. Yeah, I think Willie's motto was being fit for purpose means fit for purpose for for everything for its size for the size of the population for the fans for the players um, for the entire province and I think that when when I look at that plan I, I see a plan that is extremely suitable for maintaining the location and maintaining the home of Connacht Rugby that nobody wants nobody wants to see big humongous stands that are half empty that are cold and this really is retaining in many ways what the sports ground has always been it's just really putting a little bit of a little bit of flash on it well it's making it fit for 2018 think think things have to change and move on it's I'll go back to my original point it's you've really You've got to bring some new people in. If we want to get these figures up, yeah. if, if you said the average attendance, we'll, I'm going to say it's 5,000. It might be slightly more, but we'll say average of five. If you want to get the average up to eight and a half and a 12,000, they, they'll want 12,000 every game, but they have to be realistic. They won't get that. So you've got, you've got to create another 3,000 people. Yeah. Some of them can't get to the clan at the minute. Some of them just don't like the facilities maybe they went once and thought this isn't good it's enough it's not great on the greyhound side exactly so what you've got to do now is get them in and say right yeah. we've improved it now come yeah. along and enjoy this If you, I think the, the clan stand seating and standing just add to the whole experience. will add to the whole experience and I think it, look it doesn't matter to me whether I can buy a burger or a cup of coffee to be honest with you but I understand that there are some people that that's important for and you have to cater it's a, exactly as Lindley says it's a night out or an afternoon out it's an event and then for families, you know, you want to be able to go in, you want to be able to bring your kids in, not worry about having to bring all this extra food and whatever, because you're going to be able to buy it in there. And so kids can come in, because rugby's a great place to bring kids, they can enjoy themselves, they can have a bit of crack, it's a great game for them to watch, because there's so much going on. Um, and to be able to cater over them as well and get them drinks and food as well is going to be important. I think the, the point for me is that um, this can be the income generator. So Connets were hamstrung, do you know, they get their funding for their FU. They have X amount of season ticket holders and the ground, um, you know, they have X amount of season ticket holders, sorry, and X amount of people going to games on top of that. So now, this, you know, that could be expanded and that's going to be a major income generator for the province. And if, as it becomes an income generator, we get more competitive and as we get more competitive, the sponsorship will flow, the players will flow in, you know, uh, these things, are they're all linked. And I think where before it was, we need a new stadium, and you kind of said, well, you have to show that you can put people into it. Hmm. Now we're getting the new stadium and it's, you know, it'll, the people will come. Like. All right, we're almost there. 4G pitch, anyone concerned about it? Hybrids, 4Gs? Um, I'm not a fan, but that's just because I'm very old-fashioned. Um, you, you are pretty old-fashioned. Yes, I am. I, so I, am I, I feel sometimes... Um, Odd things happen on them. The ball bounces. The one in Cardiff is just weird. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're they're fantastic. Exactly what Willie Rowan said. You can play 
oodles and oodles of games on them. I know there's uh, there's concerns over um, the injury rate on them. Um, I haven't looked, but I'd I'd like to see the injury rate for the teams that have them. Mm. So I'd like to see what their injury profile is proper like. Proper comparison. There yeah, needs to be a proper uh, study on that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there needs to be. Also, there's nothing to say. It's it's up in the air a little bit whether it'll be hybrid, uh, or, 4G. Hy- hybrid or 4G. To be honest, though, um, with the um, the investigation I've done on uh, 4G pitches and uh, I, and hybrid pitches, I can't see how they could play the games that they're thinking of playing uh, during the summer. You know, um, three or four games over a weekend of bad weather on a hybrid pitch to be perfectly honest okay. it's the future okay that's almost it final thoughts uh, from everyone going around the table we'll start with William Davis great announcement delighted it's happened a lot of work's gone into it we've been waiting for this for years really and I think the catalyst to start this round of it was winning the Pro 12 in 2016 and the fruition of that is now in what we're looking at for the plans. There's a long way to go yet. There'll be planning has to be got, and there'll be little issues along the way. But I get the feeling that they're on top of it. Lenny McKenzie, I'm delighted that the stadium development is going to be matched by a player development in terms of its high performance centre. Because I think obviously the two go hand in hand. A lot of thought and a lot of effort has gone into, and a lot of planning has gone into all of it. And um, I'm like most Connacht supporters, if I can call myself a supporter, um, I think it's it's the it's the best it's the right move forward, and it was a long time coming. But I do understand these things can take time. Alan Deacon. Yeah, talking about taking time, the, there was planning permission for seats above the clan stand at some stage. So I'm assuming that will improve the speed of the planning application this time because it's it's there's a precedent of uh, a clan stand already having seating above it there so hopefully there'll be no objections to that side of the ground and maybe they'll, I don't know whether it's going to be two separate allocations because the, the one on the far side is going to impact houses more than the one in, than the clan stand so hopefully that will mean that we'll get it going quicker than we expect Final thoughts Nigel? No I'm just uh, delighted for the branch delighted for everybody in there that's put in all the work on this it sounds like they've done all their due diligence that they needed to do for it it's a stadium that matches, it looks like it's going to match the ambitions of the province, which is great. It's what we all want. We all want to go to watch a successful team. Um, we were, you know, people were going for long enough when we weren't successful. So um, I think it's a f- just a fantastic announcement. A fair play to everybody in there. All right, Willie Rand has uh, was pushed by Lindley, as you heard there, for, for a timeline, and he's done his best to, get, to play it out. Of course, these things take time. We're, we're not sure, really. I mean... Two, three years, lads. Do you want to, anyone just want to describe? That's what we're probably looking at. Maybe three seasons from now. Yeah, I think so. I think they're they're, they're going to try to. That's keep, just us guessing. They're that. going to try to keep playing games there, uh, which I think is very laudable. I suspect at some stage they might. Something will happen. There'll be a pinch point, and they probably will have to move a few games. Athlone is perfectly acceptable facility if that has to happen. It's not as if they have to go some out of the out of the province. Yeah. There might well be some a pinch point will occur. You know, it's, it's mm. it, it is a building site. It's a live building site, so you're having to bring people into it. Uh, your attendance numbers will be down at that. There'll be a restriction if one side of the ground is closed. So if they do have to say, right, we're moving two games to get something finished, they've got Athlone up the road. And they'll they'll want to do it as fast as possible, because you know you want to keep that air of excitement. The faster you start, the faster you'll get it finished. Fans will be accommodating and forgiving because this is well worth it for the long run. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, not everybody's going to get exactly what they want out of a new development like this. Somebody's going to say, I don't like this or I don't like that. But overall, it's very hard to see how this cannot benefit Connacht Rugby in the short, medium and long term. OK, read Lindley McKenzie's article in the Galway Advertiser, which has a lot more on what you just heard there. Don't forget the midweek podcast if you have skipped through it. Loads of stuff on Bordeaux, loads of stuff in the press conference. Don't forget, we'll be back on Monday with a new podcast from the Bordeaux game. That's it from us, though. New stadium, exciting time.